Hi there, welcome to the Horror Babylon Tagalong Podcast. I am your host, Turk, and today is a part two to, uh, I think, episode five, Every Day is Silent and Gray. I had an anonymous guest, and this is her part two. This is her second coming on. And with this part two, this is her MDMA therapy session that she underwent. And we're going to break it down a little. I love this one because I myself learned a shit ton from it, which is awesome, which is why I wanted to talk to her about that. This is exactly what the podcast is about. It's Jehovah Witness-focused trauma and psychedelic help. The help of psychedelics to be able to deconstruct certain spots in the mind to kind of pinpoint exactly what certain trauma is coming from and it is a really really good one I love the way she describes it and just how we break down every little bit of it it's not specifically focused on the religious trauma but it does have some to do with it and she was able to heal exactly what the whole point is so let's go ahead and jump into this part too cool cool here we are again how have you been I've been doing really good, actually. Yep. Good. I, heck I've, yes. Yeah, I've actually been um, binging uh, the podcast, Shunned. Oh, I like that one. Yes, I've yeah. definitely listened to a few of those. That dude's awesome. Yeah, I just, um, you know, it's interesting because when I first, like, I faded out and stuff, when I just didn't, like, go online and do, didn't do any research, didn't look at any, like, YouTube videos of ex-witnesses nothing like that I didn't join any groups nothing and then it was weird like my boyfriend who never never was a witness he um just randomly sent me this youtube video of some random girl like in georgia and um she was like just left the organization she was like a regular pioneer for so long and she was just complaining 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 about all this stuff that she didn't like and i was like yeah that was terrible. I remember people like that. And like, you know, I was like agreeing with her and I was like, huh. But at first I was like, when he sent it to me, I was like, yeah, I don't really watch that kind of stuff. Like I felt weird about it. And like listening to people on this shunned podcast, I realized like I wasn't alone in that. Like a lot of people yeah. like spent years, even like five plus years of being completely out or a DF or whatever. And then never even looked at anything online. Yeah, I, was like, for yeah real. I get that I get that but then like once I I watched it I still felt a little weird about it because it's like oh I'm not supposed to listen to this or watch this you know you still kind of have yeah. that stuff in your mind even that though little you're not guilt. Even... yes it's like I shouldn't be it's programmed in us mm-hmm. and so um I kind of watched like and then I clicked on another video of hers maybe like one more and I was like yeah I don't really feel like like listening to this stuff I don't really want to and like a lot of time went by and then I think I might have clicked on somebody's YouTube video here and there and listened to stuff. And then once I, oh, also my boyfriend, yeah, he's like, he kind of helped me with getting onto Reddit and like started finding all these pages and he started like signing me up to all these page, like Reddit pages or whatever. And, uh, and one of them was XJW and I was just like, yeah, whatever. And I didn't really nice. like, read much out of it. And then I started reading a lot and now I, like, I like, read it all the time, like always on there, sometimes responding to people. But that's yeah, good. Yeah, that's yeah. badass. Yeah. I've been on there so, many, many times for a few years as well. That's a real good source of information for this exact yeah, reason. I know. And it's been like less than a year that I've been on it. But it's like everything in just like less than a year has really changed for me. Like even getting into psychedelics and, and my path for schooling. Just so much stuff has yeah. changed all because of this like progression of like watching these videos and then getting on Reddit on that XJW Reddit page. And, and just I don't know. It's like it's weird because 
another thing that people are saying on Shunned is like, you know, when you're told, you're brainwashed into thinking that, oh, if you go out in the world, nothing's going to happen good for you. Like, Jehovah's yep. not going to bless you. And I was thinking, That's like, the fear. You know, I never felt like Jehovah was blessing me when I was in it either. So, <laughs> you know, I just, I never felt like, oh, I got to pray all the time and, and Jehovah blessed me. It's like, I never felt that, like, Holy Spirit. I, Maybe after meetings and assemblies, like you can kind of feel not meeting so much, maybe more conventions and stuff. You're kind of like, it's like this big gathering. It's like, we're all one energy. So it makes sense now, like getting that feeling. That's a false feeling that, and the feeling I was feeling was like all this energy of people all all kind of on the same mind path and like, yeah, for the same frequency, the same mental Wi-Fi signal or something. Yes. Whether that's a high control religion, you're listening to all the talks all day or whether it's like, you're you're in a room with a bunch of people collective people like doing a sound bath or something it's like we're all in the same kind of frequency and you're feeling the energy from that because you know i'd question like what's holy spirit what was that like i felt sometimes or what is it people talk about when they say that they really feel a close relationship with jehovah and i think the holy spirit is just regular anxiety now that's how (laughs) i see it it's like if i'm walking somewhere if i like as in high school if there was a party going on and it's like are you going and then that anxiety sets in and then I, t- I tell ah. myself it's the Holy Spirit or something. And it's yes. like, oh, my God, maybe I should leave. But it turns out it's just regular anxiety. Yes. It's stupid. But, oh, my God, it just yeah. it makes me so mad. I never thought of that before, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I remember, like, too, my mom, my mom would say, don't really don't if you do anything bad, you know, like it comes it comes around like it, it'll it'll come out like for sure. One day it'll come yeah. out. And I was like, how would it come out? Because I was kind of young. It's just anxiety. I think so, it's, in my it opinion. Is, it's, yes. Also, it's like, OK, so you go off and you're sneaking around with somebody of the opposite sex and you're keeping it a secret. Right. So yep. my mind, I was just like, oh, it's regular anxiety, <laughs> it's anxiety. It's also guilt because you start feeling guilty and that, that you tell on yourself or somebody else finds out. Yeah, that guilt so, is yeah, my mom would say like, um, you know, because the thing is, is people, if you, if somebody sees you out and about, they tell on you too. So like my mom yeah, would make that stupid. Say, that's like Jehovah intervening and getting somebody to, you know, for you to stop whatever you're doing that's wrong. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's what it is. That's <laughs> what I thought. But I was just like, dude, if especially if you live in a smaller city, it's like, it's easy to bump into people, you know. Everyone knows or everyone. Like, I grew yeah. up in a small town. So same thing. Mm-hmm. That's real funny. Yep. I, I, I thought of something once, like, Jehovah cares more about teens fucking in a car, sneaking around, than school shootings <laughs> type of deal. Like, what's your deal? Like, yeah. He's a voyeurism type of guy. Like, what a creep. Uh-huh. That one kept coming up, too, with, like, stuff I've been reading or listening to, and it was just like, that's so true. It's like, why is he so concerned about the things that we're doing, you know, that witnesses are doing, uh, you know, but, like, it's all this other crazy stuff out there it's, like, has no concern for. Oh, well, let's just say that's just Satan's world and make the people, like, come to me more. If just yeah. Let that go. Let that happen. It's just really, it's really weird. That's but, funny. Um, My wife, yeah. she grew up Mormon. Yeah, And in the Mormon religion, there's this, it's like this, how do I put it? Ah, like you pray for your keys and they're like, oh, what do yeah. you know? I prayed for my keys and I found them. God answered. God's beautiful. And I'm just like, why would he help you find your keys? But he won't help this child being yeah. abused or something, something like something so minor. serious, but he'll help you find your keys. Like what a, what a prick. 
I know I have a friend that's basically like really trying to fade out and uh, she still oh. like, thank God and stuff. She's, and then she'll stop herself and be like, well, I still believe in some like a God. I just don't believe in like the Jehovah's Witnesses. Or whatever, <laughs> you know. And I was just like, uh, that's okay. okay. She'll say the same thing like, oh, God, help me through this or that. And I'm just like, uh, okay, lady, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so earlier yeah. you mentioned Reddit, the XJW page. That, yeah. It brings me back to that because. I created a, an XJW page specifically for psychedelics, and I just put Correct. articles and stuff. Have I mentioned that to you already? I, I've been, I've actually followed that page, and so like I'll like your post and stuff. And I actually, you just posted something, um, an an article on MDMA, and I read it, and I've actually sent it to some people. Heck um, yeah! As well, that's yeah, exactly yeah, what yeah. it's there for. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a short, um, like I've like shared it with people in their text messages and stuff, like friends and pe- family, whatever. And like, um, so yeah, that article I really liked a lot. I was gonna say something about a part of it a little bit later on that I go for it definitely. But um, yeah. So one thing I wanted to bring up before I talk about my MDMA experience is like something really crazy. So. I um I had went to so this was a few months ago. I went to this um yoga slash sound bath. So but it was like four twenty friendly. Like she was encouraging to like smoke some weed, bring your weed or they had some <laughs> there too, they had some gummies. And nice. it was like yeah, and and so it was like actually a place like a time that they like the company I went and did the mushroom retreat with, it was like their time to plug their their new retreat that was going in that was going to happen in Jamaica that's already you know gone and passed but this was uh so yeah so basically I, I I've tried yoga before and stuff but I'm like I don't know about this I just the whole time I just think about like oh man like I'm so unflexible and I'm just so painful <laughs> to stretch and it's just like not it's too slow for me I like to be very like fast or active but anyways this one was cool because I don't know what kind of yoga it was called but we stayed low to the ground on the mat and it was slow moving and there wasn't like standing up and doing anything we stayed low and um, so I smoked some weed, like this was a yoga studio, so we were able to smoke inside. And so I smoked a little bit of weed, which I've never done like weed and exercise or anything like that. And so, um, you know, as as time was going on, I was able to get deeper into the stretches, not, fe- you know, obviously, because weed kind of numbs pain and, and things like that. So I was just like, wow. And then it was, I was like getting heavily into it. And then towards the end, before the sound bath, she's like, if you want to smoke a little bit more, because we're going to do the sound bath soon, go ahead and do that. So I did. I smoked a few more puffs and then uh, just continued stretching. And I was just like, it, it, I started having like similar, like a similar journey as the, as taking the mushrooms and like having kind of like almost unwinding cool, cool. Like some releases. Yeah. I was like, if this is what yoga is all about, I mean, this has been around for centuries and yeah, it really for real? is something that's deeper than like, Oh, it helps, you know, just the basic stuff they say yoga does that I've always thought it did. But after that, I was like, wow. And then laying down and having the sound bath afterwards and just having that vibration from the crystal bowls and the, um, you know, the sound sound and everything. I was just like, starting to kind of even unwind a little bit of like releasing a little bit of somatic like I was doing with my ma- my mushroom trip too so I was like man this is amazing and then I go I was like yeah I'm still high like after it was done I was like yeah I'm still kind of high mm-hmm. uh I'm not gonna go in my car and drive home yet because I had about an hour drive and so I just walked around and like it was like it was like I had just done some sort of psychedelic you know drugs or something like where I was just like 
feeling extremely happy and like I just wanted to talk to everybody I passed by and it's like, awesome the sun and everything like colors are more vibrant it was just it was really cool I was like I can't believe I got this whole thing just off some weed and some yoga and a sound bath you know yeah really, for real really cool. that that's super cool and as yeah. coming from a Jehovah Witness standpoint yoga was always a, a huge <laughs> no-no because mm-hmm. you're you're relaxing you're clearing your mind and it, it from what I've heard, it's like if you do yoga and stuff, you jeopardize demons coming into your mind because you're opening it and something, yeah. something, something. That's what I've heard growing up I as think a kid, why be- yoga was no. Yeah, because most of the time people looked at yoga as like, oh, at some point, either if it's before or after the stretching, you're, they, you're sitting there meditating and you're meditating to where the instructor tells you to release everything out of your mind to open up your mind. And so that's why I think JWs are like black and white. So they're like, oh, you open up your mind. Like, that's not good. Let's not do stretching and yoga because of that. Just like, if you take a yoga class, like at the gym, like I did, you know, just something basic, there's none of that stuff going on. There's like deep breathing maybe before or after, but like, they're not telling you to like sit there and meditate for 20 minutes and open your brain. But that's Mm. another thing that I thought about was like, and I might've mentioned this before with, with my mushroom journey was that, I was kind of thinking, even though I've been out for a few years, like, I still was thinking, like, this is interesting, because psychedelics, mushrooms, all this stuff, like, will open your mind up, and they'll take you on this journey and visuals and all this, and I still, in my mind, was, like, the little bit, little bit of me was still saying to myself, like, like, if demons are real, they might come out during this, you know, journey that I'm on, because this is a yeah. high, like, a macro dose of mushrooms, like, five grams, and so you're, you're, a lot of people aren't your, you're not yourself anymore. You don't even know. Sometimes you're not as conscious. I happen to be more conscious and aware, but uh, other people I was with were not. So it was just like, I still thought about that. I was like, Oh, this is the time demons would come into my mind and affect yeah. me in some way. But I had it a wasn't, moment it was like, like that. Yeah. Right. Like I think when you first, especially are trying psychedelics, even if you've been out of being a witness for 10 years, you still probably would think this would be the time demons would enter if they do exist. Yeah. And it was like, none of that stuff happens. Like, no. Nope. And I think if you're, if you're still a J-dub, right. And you do, and you're like, Ooh, I got handed some psychedelics. I'm going to take it. I just want to see. You might tell yourself those are demons that are coming at you in your visuals. It's because yeah, that's for, believe. yeah, I, you're damn. believing it. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you're just, whatever you believe in is what's going to be in front of you. And you know, so yeah, yeah that's, I just, agree. And the more you fight it, the worse it will get, and the greater these demons may manifest. Yeah, yeah, because like things that came up came to me that seemed kind of dark and scary. Instead of me being feeling like, oh gosh, this is scary. Like, what is this? This I don't know if I like this anymore. And trying to resist whatever's coming up in your visuals. Um, instead, it was just like hmm, it's just there. Like it doesn't mean anything. It's not scary. It's just there. And then I realized like the world is full of you know, in my brain and outside, there's the world is full of scary things and it's full of like not scary things. And you yeah. just have to view the scary things as not that big of a deal. And you know what? Now that I'm talking about it, I realize maybe that's what when you grow up, especially as a witness and you're reading all this material, even stuff that's meant for kids and it's scary, like Armageddon, the pictures. <laughs> it's so scary. All the doomsday so prophecies. A, yes. You have a fear as a kid for so long that it's just scary. It's like you shouldn't be scared of Armageddon in the Great Tribulation because because you're a witness and, and you're going to get through it and you just need to rely on Jehovah. But it's also very scary to think like what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to people around me? What am I going to do with this? Yeah, there's always, those, I, there's always those thoughts. 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, maybe that's maybe that was kind of my release of like not look not looking at scary things as super scary anymore. Like I have no reason to view these dark figures even in my night terrors. Like I don't have a reason to look at these dark shadows and figures that come up um, as something scary. I, it might not be somebody like something there to tell me my path or where I need to go or give me some idea about something. It's just there. And so I came to like that solution in my head, like that's what it is, like, or during that mushroom journey. So now, like I said, talking about it, it, I think it kind of makes sense why that came up for me too. Just like that fear and being scared of scary people, the world of people (laughs) and like the world, like the demons, the world, like the world has demons and Satan is on the earth. They're roaming the earth. What are they doing? Like, you know, like, are they out to get me? For some yeah, reason, you. they want me. Yeah, they want you. <laughs> that the ego right there. The ego just tells you like they're after you, man. They're after yeah. you, and really, like, what if they're just something is out there? But what do they really give a fuck about us humans? Like, if there are superior beings, like, what the hell do they have to do with us? Like, do they get a kick yeah. out of messing with humans or something? Like, yeah. All you have to do, it's all about your mind perception too, too on like what you think of something. Like for example, let's say there's this big scary man in real life. A big scary man is intimidating young people. And then kids are, the kids are like, oh gosh, this guy's scary. I want to run away. But then there might be one kid that's like, you're not scary to me. Like who cares? You're just, you're an adult. Yes, you are older than me. You know more than me, but you're just being a jerk right now. Like there's nothing scary about you, right? So like that one kid whose perception is different about the scary guy, it's like you can live your life going through things, whatever you're perceiving is what it, it is to you and you believe. So I know it's not easy to change your perception, but that's what these psychedelics do. It changes the perception to be more of a clear, wholesome, real perception almost to where like, or just different to where you don't have to look at things as scary anymore or intimidating or whatever it is. I I know as witnesses, we tend to grow up and and becoming codependent type people or scared of a lot of things. And, and so to have to use these psychedelics to get rid of all that old talk, all that old brainwashing, you know, it's just, it's just an amazing thing for anybody that came out of cults, uh, any trauma from their childhood, obviously, you know, all that stuff. So it's just, to me, is like one of the most amazing things because that I'm so glad that we're finally, you know, researching again and bringing it out there for mental health therapy, because like talk therapy can only do so much, you know, it really doesn't do much at all for a lot of people. They have to be put on medications for anxiety and depression and things like that. But even like CPTSD, which is complex PTSD, is still not, it's still a pretty new thing, which I think is really weird because so many people have CPTSD because- What's CPTSD? So regular PTSD, which is like in all the books, mental, you know, you're taught about it in psychology classes, whatever. PTSD basically is like one, like one main event that really affected you that's still giving you issues to present day it could be anything from nightmares it could literally it could literally you could be triggered out of nowhere and then you feel like you're like a visual everything your mind and your what you see turns into that that time again and you You almost relive that same moment right what's the c part of the ptsd so so you know yeah because we've known ptsd forever c ptsd is is calm it's called complex which for me i feel like it should be more like chronic because uh, C for chronic instead of complex, but the complex PTSD is where there was constant things happening to you, like as a kid, let's say, 
And, um, and so your PTSD isn't like one moment that you're able to define and say, Oh, that's where my, that's PTSD. I have this issue. It's like continuous chronic, like trauma. That's now like, it's still affecting you mentally or physically. Okay. Okay. So it's like super PTSD, long occurring super PTSD. mm -hmm. But because this is why I think it's really weird that this hasn't been like known from a long time ago. Maybe they just categorized all that type of even complex PTSD all into regular PTSD. And that's why yeah. but finally it's not enough in books right now. They're still doing more like writing about it and putting it into, um, you know, psychology classes and things like that. But, but the complex part makes more sense to me because like I, I, mm. I was seeing this therapist um, and she, wait, what was I going to say? Anyways, I'll get back to it when I remember, but, but the comp, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. So I was doing EMDR with her, which is um, it's a specialty that therapists have to learn separate from their own regular like college schooling. And uh, and what it is, it's like they you have to think about all the details of one particular traumatic event and you tell the therapist beforehand, like there was this event. This is what happened to me. Um, and then she'll be like, how do you feel? Like she wants to bring it back into your body, into your brain to where you're almost reliving it. Oh, shit. Um, or you could be reliving it if it's that severe. And then she takes That's spooky. Yeah. Yeah. So this EMDR, so they bring it up, this main trauma thing that you probably stuffed down, don't want to think about. And then she brings it up, everything you thought, everything you felt in that moment. And then, uh, you, t- they take their fingers and, and, and you put it in front of your eyes and you, they just say, follow my fingers and you, with your eyes and you follow back and forth. And so what it does, cause I did a little bit of research on it back then. It was like many years ago. What it's doing is like, there's something about moving your eyes, just like NLP, like neuro linguistic patterning. It's like, you can change your brain by these certain ways you move your eyes to where it's like the trauma that's set on a certain part, set in a certain part of your brain moves to a different part that doesn't care about it anymore. It's like, oh, well, whatever. Like that happened to me. Oh, well, there's no <laughs> emotion. There's, yes, there's no emotion. There's nothing attached to it. So then you can kind of live your life and not fear, feel fear as much or certain things that maybe are scary to you. It's like you don't care, but it doesn't last long, maybe a few months maybe six months and then you got to do it again because it slowly creeps its way back into that part oh. of your brain where where you're like it is emotionally bothering you again so, so it's not, it's not an like actual this fix long... yeah and it's not long lasting but it's just another technique to kind of move things along and let you kind of live your life without all this fear and whatever ptsd yeah. that's but, cool but yeah with that thing sort of i help. was like mm-hmm. i was like you know because she's like think of one major traumatic thing and i was like there wasn't one it was like constant every day trauma emotional physical trauma happening in my childhood and she's like well just pick one thing you can remember and I kind of just thought of one thing but like it didn't really bother me consciously about that like so to me I was like there's no point of even trying this on me because yeah because it's not like this thing still really affects my life at least I thought maybe it did help like maybe this is what my night terrors are coming from as main like I'll think of one main thing I still remember my sister did to me that was so awful because I think my night terrors are coming from my sister terrorizing me. So I thought that might help. I'll pick that one story, that one thing that happened, but like nothing really came from it. But that's why like with doing the mushroom journey, I was just like, what are we all doing? There shouldn't be talk therapy anymore. Like, you know, to that extent, it should be like talk therapy, integration work before and after psychedelics, but like not like as like, it's basically kicking that away. It's like going to do away with all these years of talk therapy. It's just throw somebody yeah. into like a psychedelic facility, 
you know, they do their work before and after, do the psychedelics, and they'll change, like, that you can't change on 10 plus years of talking to your therapist every week, you know? Like, you'll come to realizations and a different perspective with your therapist over time, but it's nothing like, it's just nothing like just taking a dose of MDMA or, or, you know, mushrooms or LSD or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's like all this stuff I learned in such a short period of time, I was like, wow. It's like my eyes are open to so many different things now. Like, just makes so much sense. But um, going into, so, okay, so I, on my mushroom journey, I did MDMA and mushrooms the first day together. Second day, just mushrooms. Cause you're cool, not yeah, let's MDMA jump into twice, that. Right? So, this time, I, all I did was just mushrooms. So my journey, that mushroom journey, I mean, sorry, I made a mistake. My mushroom journey was in January, like New Year's. And then just two weekends ago, I did MDMA by itself. So I was over at a friend's house, somebody who's actually from my mushroom retreat. I went to her house. She was also doing MDMA with me and we had one one person facilitating us so he so she was in her bedroom and I was on the couch and it was a very small apartment so he was able to go between the rooms and stuff so after you take a dose he said it was a little bit less than 100 grams um in one capsule had a mask on no music just a mask just laying there on the couch and I was feeling like my body feeling hot a little bit and then it would go away and I was like okay I'm feeling some some something going on in my body but nothing mental yet nothing at all so after an hour you're this is very normal. So after an hour, you'd see where you're at. Like if you need another one, if you're like really into it, you would say no. If you don't really feel a whole lot, you would take another capsule. So um, both her and I weren't really feeling too much. So we took a second one and then it hit pretty fast. Like maybe 20 minutes after I took the second one, I started, um, for me, it was just like um, releasing the somatics, which is basically like old, like trauma. So I was still very consciously aware um of everything I was thinking everything I was doing with my body like I was allowing you're supposed to surrender to the MDMA allowed whatever to come up to come up don't hold anything yeah back. If you, yeah if you need don't to talk, fight it don't fight it if it's scary don't fight it just let it come up there's something about it you want to analyze it this is all yeah. about trying to find out what's going on to analyze yes, it yes definitely approach it with yeah. the biggest okay you don't have to yes. like it but just acknowledge it exactly yeah just yeah and the great thing about mdma too is if it does really get too scary for people you could take off your mask open your eyes and it's almost like it's not even in your system anymore like you feel a little off and your eyes it's kind of hard to like get your full clear vision but you can just stop your trip basically any almost any time i mean at least that's what i noticed that's what i've read about is like if it is too scary just take your mask off like open your eyes in the light and you'll be good you know <laughs> but, so you had a, a covering for your eyes yes i had a mask nice. um, over my eyes yes cool cool so we basically went along with the protocol of like what would be the standard protocol like through t through studies and like what they've noticed is the best so that's basically what we did they don't suggest with um mdma to have any sort of music on you just want to have the mask on. And, uh, but this was a great way for me to see the difference between what the mushrooms do and what the MDMA does, like the separation. Because when I took them both together, that was right. my first time ever doing either of those drugs, ever. And, and together. so, and I did it together. And so I didn't know what was the mushrooms, what was the MDMA. I just knew I didn't feel very good. And like I was clenching my jaw. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to ever do this MDMA stuff again. And then when I heard, like, heard from my friend that he said that the MDMA after a couple sessions helped him 
with his night terrors and nightmares, I was like, oh, man, that didn't help me with the mushrooms. So I'm going to try this MDMA. Hopefully it'll work in that way Heck yeah. for me. Yeah. And so I, um, so yeah, so I'm laying there, I have the mask on. I'm already feeling it on the second dose. And I was doing the same movements, really my somatics that I was releasing, which is basically old trauma stuck in tissue, um, like deep unconscious that came out for me in the mushrooms a little bit. It wasn't that long, but that's when I realized like, that's what's bothering me. Now I get it based on my movements. Um, so I, I, I know I went and talked all about the details of that in the, my, in the other podcast with me in there, but, um, so I'm just kind of not going to go deep into that and just kind of skip into like, as if people already heard my other, you know, heard me talk about it before. Yeah, go for it. This is technically a yeah. part two to yours. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, uh, yeah. So, so basically I was moving the same exact way that I was moving letting allowing my body to move the way it needed to move um same way as the mushrooms and i was that's when i realized like okay it was the mdma that brought that up for me on my mushroom journey not the mushrooms the mushrooms give you the visualization and some realizations and some epiphany like epiphany after epiphany like it's just great it's yeah. fun it's like the colors the vibrancy like all the stuff that comes up into your into your visual your mental visuals i guess it's like amazing so i could see where mushrooms are good but mdma is definitely where it's at when it comes to releasing trauma and and so i I just like i think i just moved like that back and forth like moving my head side to side and and i was and that's all that happened like i didn't have any visuals of like seeing anybody in front of me as this as i was moving it was amazing because regular like when somebody has a ptsd episode or let me give another example is like for me i do body work therapy so through cranial sacral work or myofascial release when you work with tissue which is a very soft hand you don't you don't do deep you don't touch deeply like that'd be muscle but if you're touching lightly working with tissue when you release tissue the somatic or the trauma comes out because it's stuck in the tissue so what I've seen with like myofascial work and cranial sacral work, you, that happens. Um, and so, but when that happens, the person is physically feeling, emotionally feeling the exact things that happened to them during that trauma. With MDMA, that's all gone. So you're looking at it in an objective view. So you don't have any emotion, any physical pain attached to whatever happened to you. And so that's what, so that's why I I could realize why MDMA is becoming legal in the mental health field is because it's not scary because you're not feeling those things emotionally or physically anymore. Whereas, like I said, these other treatments do, you have to go through it and feel it again. And it's like, that's awful. Cause you could, if you're reliving like, it, yeah, you're relive, reliving it, but you're also feeling it on your body. Like if somebody was beating you or something like that. Were you the one that you. told me about the term, the issue in the tissue? Yeah, the issues and the ah, issues. Yes, yeah, okay, I do remember it. that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's basically all it is. Is the issues are in your tissues, literally, and I don't know why they just get stored there emotionally. Cool. Your trauma they get stored there, and it becomes it could become an unconscious thing. But I remember like thinking, like I'd hear stories through the years, like people say, "Oh, I I don't remember that I was uh, I don't know some sort of abuse they've experienced," and like. As an adult, they didn't even know what happened until they do some sort of therapy and they're like, and then like, oh, I totally forgot that happened and it came up for me. And I was like, that's, re- I always thought like, that's really weird. I I know that's not me. Like, there's nothing. I remember everything um, that happened to <laughs> me. You know too. what I mean? 
Yeah, but the MDMA, dude, that that stuff makes you realize what. Yeah, it's cool. It's a good thing. I remember yes. those those feelings. Like, I, what me forget? No, I am in total control. I am one hundred percent in control. Exactly. How the fuck wrong was I? Yep, I know. And the MDMA brought it up, and that's what it was like. It was like, hey, dude, this is what's really affecting you. Is um, but I, it's like. I knew, like, I still remember being hit a lot, but it's like when you're a kid and you're being like emotionally, physically, physically abused by your parents or your own sibling, right? And it's like a daily thing. You don't like grow up and, and like think about it all the time. It's like, it's yeah. all much together. You don't remember necessarily specific days or times, but the MDMA will bring up specific feelings, like enough, but you don't feel it at the moment, but it'll, it'll bring it back up and say, Hey, this is what's really essentially your issue and um and it'll bring up it'll it'll make you remember well i'll get into that a little bit later because it goes along with something else but so during that i after i was done that's basically all that happened i was just like avoiding the hits that my mom and it's my mom it's never my dad even though my dad is just as abusive or not as much but it was my mom it wasn't my sister who i always thought it was my main abuser it was it's my mom that keeps coming up right so like basically my movements are avoiding her her hits like you know that it's painful so you move your head to the side you know it's kind of like just this re it's this repeat of me moving my head back and forth back and forth for hours and so that's all it was like moving my head back and forth and yeah with the mushrooms though and the mdma together i was squinting my eyes i was wiping like like uh visual tears away from my eyes it was more like i was a child at that time like i went back into being a child almost um back then but the mdma was like i was super more aware and that was what my body was releasing was all of this stuff. But after I was done, I was kind of mad. I was like, oh, I guess I still, this is my, still my issue. And I thought that that was one layer gone from the mushrooms and an MDMA. I thought yeah, that layer was gone dang. and now I could go deeper in, right? To something else that might be my issue and then something else. And over time of taking the psychedelics, every time I have a session, it would be like another layer gone, another layer gone and like keep going deeper if there is anything more deeper, really. So I just thought that yeah. was my main thing. I got it over with in January. This is great. But obviously it's not. It's still something that's really bothering me. It's still the issues in my tissues. It's still something. So <laughs> yeah, I was nuts. kind of like, mad. You're slamming yeah, open I, doors. You swore you shut. Yeah, I, I know. I was like, oh, I was kind of mad. I was like, you know what? It's just what I need to go through. It's fine. You know, it's just, I, I was just like, I can't believe I'm still, that's still my thing right now. You know, who knows? Like, when will this finally go away? And so Dang. It makes sense, though, because years and years and years of that kind of abuse, like, ev- like practically every day. I don't know how old I was when it started. I could have been one and a half years old, a little kid, Aww. up to, like, 10. And, like, not only me being, like, hit a lot, like, for things that were so minor a lot of the times. Like, just for being kids, you know? And, like, not only that was it me, but I also had to see three of my other siblings get abused as well. So, it's it's, like you're just constant trauma constant war in the house like you're scared of course you become codependent because you're trying to figure out ways to not get in trouble and not get hit you're just yeah. trying to make your the main aggressor happy and not and, and neut- neutral because otherwise it'll come back at you so i realized like of course it's not going to be all done in one session like this is something that was ongoing for me who knows how many sessions i'll need to like to like let it not affect me anymore you know like deep down affecting me um but the great thing about mdma again i didn't do like a lot a lot of research before it because i like to have my own experience and not 
think too much about it and just ask my friend who's done it three times already who was the facilitator I just would ask him questions and he would tell me and stuff so so I went in it with like pretty open-minded and just saying whatever happens happens and so but cool. I, I think realize... that's the way to go about it exactly just straight but raw you... yes and so I um I didn't realize this until after is that things keep coming up for you it'll be like a week it'll be a few weeks after things like new perspectives new ideas about what you went through will pop up even after the drug is out of your system and so for some people it could be like constant where like you just text somebody something and you're like oh man i just figured something out or um you know or you're just journaling and more and more stuff keeps coming out as you're journaling so it's really important to journal after because more things will come out as you're speaking to somebody as you're writing it down like that kind of stuff. So I didn't know that with MDMA. So one very interesting thing was like four, three to four days after I was like, oh man, when I really should be having night terrors, I'm not having any. I'm actually having super vivid, positive dreams, like neutral and positive dreams. And normally my dreams are very negative. I'm usually running away from somebody or something bad is always happening. That's just, I can't get out of it. I can't problem solve it. Those are usually how my dreams are. Oh, I'll wake up and there's a shadow or there's somebody messing with me, like, and my eyes are open and I'm looking and I'm physically feeling or seeing something. And I know it's not ghosts. It's just, that's the way night terrors work. And so, um, so for several days, I didn't have that when I know I normally would. And I was like, maybe it really, I didn't want to like put too much trust in it. Like, okay, it's finally fully gone. But the weird thing was, is like on the fourth night after doing that session, I, it was weird. My night terror was totally different. I woke up before it hit because normally I, I, I wake up scared from it already. My heart's pumping. This time I woke up seconds before it started and my heart started beating fast. And I was like looking at, there was like, I imagine this woman was angry and she was mad and she was pointing her finger, not at me, but away from me. And so I opened my eyes and I could, I could kind of visualize her. She's like next to me and she's mad. And so I started getting scared and I said to myself, what's the point of being scared? This is made up, you know, but at that moment I realized what my, my trauma wasn't the physical, my trauma wasn't the physical part so much, or at least maybe I got the physical part out of the way in my mushroom journey. But anyways, I realized right now, currently my trauma that needed to be released or understood was the fear, the fear that came before physical pain from being hit or beat or whatever so I I totally forgot this I totally forgot this but it came to me that night where like I started thinking like oh I remember now I totally forgot that what happens was is as when I was a kid like um I can hear my like let's say I'm in my bedroom and I can hear my mom screaming and yelling at my siblings and then I start to hear them screaming and crying so now they've been spanked and then I then I can hear my mom stomping or my dad, let's say, I can hear them coming down the hallway, coming to our bedroom. That's the fear I would have. I'm like, oh gosh, she's coming into my room now. Now it's going to be my turn or my sister's turn and we're going to be beat now and like it's going to hurt and it's going to be scary. And so there was this fear and this dread right before it would happen, right? Right before it. And so I never, I just never thought about that till that feeling came up and I was like, I get it. It was the fear, the dread, the that feeling that I had on a regular on a yeah on a regular basis that's what it was that's the key that's exactly what it what it does that's that's the the, thing yeah for real damn (laughs) i know but i ended up staying up late i ended up like not being able to fall asleep because i was like thinking about it overanalyzing i was like it makes sense now and i was like so happy (laughs) i I get it 
yes, I wasn't mad. I wasn't like upset at anybody or angry at like life or, you know, that happening to me. I was just like, yes, I got it. I understand now. And then I like allowed myself to remember those feelings. I allowed myself to remember that fear and it wasn't scary. I didn't like go back in like a PTSD episode. I didn't turn into a child and I'm being hit. Like none of that happened. It was actually a very good thing. It was very positive that I remembered it it came up for me and I was like I forgot that that's how I was on a regular basis and so I was like dang this MDMA it's not only just during your take you've taken it it's in your system it like even after like days after you could still have these big things coming at you where you're like wow that's what it is you know it was was so awesome I was like so happy I realized that but I do know that I do know that I do need more sessions because like I don't I I wouldn't stop the MDMA until I'm not reacting somatically that way during the during it in my system once that I'm not moving like that anymore I'll know that that's finally fully gone out of my body out of my whatever deep conscious my tissues whatever I don't know that it's fully released and then I could then I could decide later on do I feel like I still need another session maybe there's more or something else new that I never thought about it's going to come out now like but I want to keep going until like I feel like any old trauma is just fully released for me you know and so the protocol is that you would do three MDMA sessions depending on how you feel some people could be done with one just be like oh I'm done with that I don't need to do that anymore other people feel like oh yeah I definitely need more so they're saying about three you should be pretty good but there's people who've done it many times and you they say with that you want to make sure that you do it every like three months two months is okay but like three months in between you don't want to be like doing it and then two weeks later doing it again you want to like yeah you don't want to do it too often that's what i've read and it could they could like desensitize your receptors or something you don't want to glitch yourself out this hormones the serotonin and oxytocin things like that that yeah rushing your body with you gotta wait a while but yeah and then take your 5-htp like afterwards so that you're kind of restoring it your natural you know serotonin levels back again um kind of like getting i don't know it's kind of weird but like getting a colonic right and then you're cleaning out all the good and bad bacteria and then you have to take probiotics like right after to like bring that natural you know bacteria back in after you like let it all out it's kind of similar to that but anyways uh um, man that's that's yeah. really awesome that, that's good that it was oh. that helpful and therapeutic and stuff and i have one question about your visuals because the times that i've done it it's not like morphing mushroom visual visuals it's like yeah. colors get more vibrant and tracers tracers like crazy and oh. it's like everything has a stigmatism like i already i already have a stigmatism so at night oh. i don't i don't see the best i see all these flares on all the lights almost like everything has a, a slight aura behind it or something sure yeah but with mdma it was like 10 times worse where everything was so mm. bright and flares and glares oh, and yeah. i'm like squinting my eyes everything looks cottony almost like i you've been <laughs> swimming all day in your eyes open in the water and everything's all foggy yeah I know exactly what you're talking about and that's why that's why in this kind of you need to have this kind of setting like I I mean I understand people doing ecstasy and going out and partying and stuff I don't understand that like after I've never done it for fun but like after doing it for like mental health therapy I don't see how people use it to go out and have a good time at a concert or whatever festival like it doesn't make sense to me right especially (laughs) especially when your jaws like clenching and you're just like, no, I, it just doesn't sound like fun to me at all. But I am older. So maybe that's why, like, as a teenager, I'd probably be like, oh, that does seem like fun. Like, who cares about yeah. that? <laughs> but like, 
<laughs> but yeah, as an older adult, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to feel like that. Like, because I felt really crappy kind of for like a few days after still like kind of feeling like I needed to clench my jaw a little bit. But I was I took a lot. I made sure I had been taking like magnesium every day for at least a week, you know, coming up until I did the MDMA. So I think that did nice. Good. help to be not as much. Yeah, I was trying to be more prepared in that way. That's um, cool, cool. So with the partying part, I myself, I, I just turned 30 like two weeks ago. Yeah. And I, I don't, I'm not really the partier kind, but mm. I do take it for fun. Like I'll go camping and my friends and I will just do some and go out into the mountains, into the trees and nature. I, I don't, I'm not into the rave scene. I'm not, I don't yeah. like nothing against it. It's just, I myself am not too into electric music and raves and all that. And all of my friends, they're, a lot of them are such rave rats and when the yeah. raves come around that's when they hit me up like hey man this is here <laughs> this is here this came mm-hmm. do you want any and that's when I get it oh. but I don't go party with them they'll hit me up and I'll be like yeah yeah give me a grandma <laughs> molly like definitely and I'll go camping and have my own little self-therapy and I'll just go sit in a tree by myself and just mm. think and go over things and maybe go sit in the water and just look at the stars later that night but going to a party and stuff like tripping on mushrooms and seeing unfamiliar faces warping and smushing and looking at you like nah that's not for me I'd rather just be at home play some Minecraft watch anime (laughs) some movies or something I don't know that's how I dig it sometimes I like to just look at hotel carpet that's my favorite hotel (laughs) carpet is trippy (laughs) it's awesome I love hotel carpet I want a sweater of every hotel carpet I've seen (laughs) that'd be great um but yeah so like you're are you are you saying that the visuals you get with mdma are any time that you're taking that ecstasy and going out like that like that's how your visuals are yes they like my the colors get so so vibrant like neon colors like yellows are so poppy oranges greens Mm. are just in your face but with the stigmatism is like or that's the only way i can compare it because yeah my eyes are already screwy at night and taillights traffic lights they have like this cottony aura around it. It's not yeah. just a red light. It's got this halo or something. I don't get it. Yeah, but, I know but what you mean. MDMA, That's actually pretty normal too. Yeah, it's it normal is. to have that glare from lights as your eyesight's not as good or as you get older, you start having a, just called a glare. But like, Ooh. I can imagine like it, like I would think having that massive like cottony glare type around lights would like take away like where you'd be like ah oh, yeah this suck, kind of sucks I don't really like taking this because it's like it's messing with your visuals in not a good way right yeah and then the tracers the tracers are nuts so just mm. like I'll wave my hand left and right the typical cliche <laughs> looking at your hand back and forth uh, and I, I see there'll be like six of my hands following each other as I move Sounds it like, or... yeah I don't know I mean I didn't feel that way even though I took a lot you know but I like I said I had a mask on but even at some point I, I took the mask off went and used the bathroom and then came back put the mask back on and I just went right back into releasing right back in again Good. That's awesome. yeah right back in yeah but I, I remember things kind of being it was pretty bright in there and I remember it being like really kind of vibrant but I also was surprised that I didn't have that strong feeling like people get on ecstasy it's like oh I love everybody I didn't have that. It was all about me just trying to figure out what this was and release it. But I didn't have that, like, oh, I love everybody and I love myself and life is so great. Like, I, I don't know. Oh, was and that I, MDMA I by chance yes. that you were doing? It was MDMA. No, I mean, um, uh, MDA, sorry. MDA, not MDMA is what I meant. I, I'm pretty sure it was MDMA because 
um, because a source that my friend got it from, he sells it to people for partying and stuff for fun. Yeah. Not, and then my friend just picks it up from him, like for you know to use for mental health because he, gotcha. he sits with people. Yeah, you should yeah, give yeah. me his number so, so I don't, so I shouldn't, so I know what number not to text. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, and then my friend he he tested he tests the capsules too to make sure it's pure and not like mixed with good good nice yeah yeah that's yeah. definitely so a good thing. That's so why what, I trusted what, him too. Yeah. So what I meant with the MDMA compared to MDA, uh-huh. I guess it's like from from what I remember the precursor from the sassafras root. You mess with it, you mm. get MDA, and then from there you mess with that to make MDMA. But um, one thing my friend described it is how he just he he described it as. MDA, the only difference from that and MDMA is you don't get that that lovey-lovey, I love you, man, and huggy-huggy, touchy-feely, like you do yeah. at parties, like the whole, that's the whole stigma behind it, but exactly. I guess that's what he described, that MDMA does not have that part, but it still has the therapeutic properties. So I was wondering if maybe you had MDA, MDA Mandy, <sighs> rather than MDMA Molly. It would make sense because, but that kind of would make sense if you think about it that way, but my friend whose house I was whose apartment I was in she had the same exact one and the same amount amount too she did feel more like that she had more like energy like afterwards she was like talking a lot like explaining everything she went through and like had energy and I was just like oh I just want to go home and like relax I'm so <laughs> tired like and like yeah and then the guy who per- gets it from the same source all the time he says he feels that way after I don't know what it was with me maybe maybe I'm so depleted of that stuff like I <laughs> when I got a fair dose of it it was like neutral I don't know I don't know I mean I don't think so because I feel like if I was that depleted of oxytocin or whatever like that I would probably need to be on some sort of medicine or supplements to bring that up again but but yeah I don't know just different from different people I guess I don't know but yeah I don't know it's interesting because I didn't know that about about those two things I never knew but uh, one thing real quick, I, I mean, I'm pretty much done with like my experience, but one thing I wanted to bring up, I'm going to look here on my phone now about um, Go for about it. the thing was, um, so that was a cprnews.org you sent, right? CPRnews.org. So. Yeah. And it could have been, so, I just, if I come across a kick-ass art, uh, article of some sort of uh, anything in regards to trauma and psychedelics, I'll definitely throw it on that page. So yeah. it'll help others in regards to this stuff. Yeah. So before my session, the my friend was saying, because she did more research, I guess, on it. I mean, I, I, it's not like I didn't do any research. I did some, but, she, you know, it's sometimes when you hear things from other people, it hits you more than something you're reading a lot about. So she said that um, she was saying how with the MDMA, it shuts down your amygdala and then it brings up the oxytocin or ox yeah so then you're or serotonin oxytocin so you're able to what i liked about it was i was able to look at it in a perspective with no motion and stuff so that was good that was the that's the whole point of why this works really so in the article that you that you posted um it was saying like because there was a study done with people with ptsd and such that that had been completed kind of recently and so what they were mentioning it says here i'm going to read from it it says mdma increases the release of oxytocin and serotonin which are both hormones that help promote relaxation and a sense of well-being and then it says the drug also affects the region in the brain called the amygdala by deactivating the part that monitors fear so people can access challenging experiences so when i read that in that article i was like yes that's exactly what happened to me it was like 
it you it deactivates the fear, deactivates those challenging experiences you had, the trauma, and then it brings up the oxytocin and the serotonin, which which brings you a like relaxation and well a sense of well being, which basically nullifies it's like a nullification of like your if that's even a word of like your trauma so now you can look at it objectively and with my friend she she was saying like she had a lot of trauma she's like 20 years older than me she was a lot older lived a long life um she was saying like beforehand even she was talking about different traumas that happened to her she's like i've been um date raped three times two or three times i can't remember now and she's like i used to walk home like i was really young and thin and like and i'd walk home late at night from my job and it'd be dark and um like men would like a man or somebody would be following her so she got this like fear and like she had it like already as a kid like she had she was like one of seven siblings and her parents barely took care of her like and and any of their siblings at all it's just like horrible neglect all this stuff like parents yeah around that hurts my heart yeah i know it was so awful to hear all this stuff i didn't know that about her and and um so she was like talking about all the stuff that had happened to her and so during her mdma you know it it being in in her body it she was the same thing it was like she could look at all of these traumas without any emotion she could just look at it objectively but she was having the visual of seeing it happening like the seeing herself and seeing things happen oh man uh, so she i never had visuals but she did and it wasn't scary for her she was like really open to just letting whatever happens come up because she knew that she just wanted to get rid of a lot of like strong emotions and feelings that she has that she doesn't that's making her be a certain way she's not happy with so she's hoping to like do more sessions and get that out and figure out more of why she has this in like feeling of fear and not feeling secure she knows it's from her childhood she knows certain things but just like me it was like i know i was hit as a kid i know that this happened to me but it that's your conscious brain knowing it but what are the what's the deeper things behind it what is something that's missing that your conscious brain doesn't know and that's yeah. what we're trying to figure out what the mdma is like that it'll bring that up for you eventually it might take a few sessions but it'll eventually bring it up and so for her she was able to see things a certain way understand things view herself in a way better light because she was just like i am a good person i am a creative person and like look at the things that she likes about herself and then dwell more on those not all the bad things that people told her like oh you're good for nothing you're this you're that and then you're telling yourself that decades into your adult life you start to believe it eventually oh yeah you tell yourself that because that's yeah. what I thought mushrooms is it got rid of all of that talk, all that noise, everything anybody ever told you and you believe and you're still telling yourself as an adult, it gets rid of all of that. And then MDMA is great because it's bringing up the trauma and getting rid of that. And so you could become between mushrooms, between MDMA, LSD, whatever, any of these psychedelics, you, if you do the right thing, like the right way with the right people, it eventually you will you will be able to truly become your authentic self, release all that garbage out of your body, out of your mind, out of everything, and just be who you truly are supposed to be. And what that does is it takes you out of just surviving through life and making you thrive in life. Like you just can view life, things that are living differently, view yourself Mm -hmm. better. Everything's better. It's just like, and then you recognize all everybody else. You're like, oh, you guys are just surviving, but you need to be thriving. Like you don't understand what I'm seeing and what I, what my brain is. And you just think <laughs> that you, it's just like this massive different frequency you're living on. Like, oh, that's all, like surrounding you in you and around you, like as you're walking on the earth and 
you just see other people like dang their energy is low like that's so sad you know and you just want to tell everybody like this is what you need to do yes you just want to yell it but yeah. you can't just do that in society. Like, do no. drugs with me. Like, it's uh, such a stigma. And that's what's really sucky is, like, that stigma is still there no matter what. It's just, like, yeah. even when it becomes legal, it'll be like, oh, man, psychedelics for mental health. No, that's weird. That's just, like, weird stuff. But if they hear people's experiences, I think they start becoming more open-minded to it. It's like, hey, this is what yeah, happens little here. by little. Yeah. I mean, so, and the thing is, that's true. It's, like, not very many people. Maybe this isn't for people certain people but to me i'm like oh no this is for everybody but i have to remember that's not the case like it really isn't and so and you can't just it's very important like that article also brought out too that you posted is very important that you have a lot of integrative like therapy work beforehand if i didn't know if i didn't know much about myself and wasn't as like nowhere near self-aware as i as i have been for all my adult life if i wasn't like that this would be very scary it would be very very scary and i wouldn't know what to do with this information but because i've done the work on my own for years and years and years and then also just continue doing the work and things like that like yeah that's easy i don't really need a therapist to sit with me and and talk me through an mdma session beforehand you know it's like it's like it's all self-therapy Yes, especially after doing the mushrooms, I'm like, I get it. I understand how this process works when you're using psychedelics for mental health. That I don't need to go spend thousands and thousands of dollars for a retreat anymore. I know what to do. Now I have the sources of like where to get any of these types of psychedelics from. Like I'm finally getting the sources where I can just do it myself. And I'm not, I know how I react. I know how I am. So I'm not worried that I don't, but I'm not worried about doing it alone, basically. So yeah. Um, so my next session will be me like I'm not gonna have a sitter or anything I'm just gonna lay in my bed do it really early in the day like don't eat anything you know have some orange juice or something just lay in my bed and let myself like react the way I need to react and then yeah. just and then just you know when I'm done I'm done and that's it like that's how I'm gonna do things like when it comes to it just do it on my own with the mushrooms or the MDMA but I'm gonna lay off I'm gonna lay off a macrodose of mushrooms for a while I'm gonna just stick to the to doing the three full um, MDMA sessions over, you know, several months and then see how I am. And then at some point after the last session, I would do like another macrodose mushroom, but I still microdose mushrooms here and there, but yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. That makes me so happy. Get it. That's exactly what it's about. That's exactly oh, what it's all about. I know it's it's so exciting. One thing I totally forgot about because I never I didn't journal after because I was like I don't need a journal. I just like I'll talk like I'll message my friends or I'll tell people or whatever and then it'll, stuff will come up. But anyways, one major thing. This is amazing, right? So I was out of nowhere. I don't even okay. Honestly, I don't even like the song all that much because it's been overplayed. Pink Floyd's um, <laughs> "Another Brick in the Wall" came like came at. During my in the middle of my session right and it was just like but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't it was like we don't need no education that was repeating over and over so the rest of the song you know and the great the sounds in that song too but like the instruments but never like any other part that just kept that part just kept repeating of the chorus in my brain and I was like why like I haven't heard this song <laughs> in so long like this is so it's not like I love it or something like why is this song coming up and the weird thing was is for like oh gosh like a year and a half because I started college like two like a little over two years ago 2020 and I had I was like like on a path I knew for sure this is what I'm going to stick to this is what I want to do so you have this like strong path of and so you you have to have a really strong path when you start college because otherwise you're going to be taking a lot of classes and spending a lot of time wishy-washy 
spending too much time, money, energy, like in classes you don't eventually need if you, if you don't have a serious path that you know where you're going. But the problem was is it changed for me. Like my path changed because my path, they, they decided that same year that I started college for the first time ever starting college, I've done trade schools and stuff like that. But, but like the first time I'm starting real college, they were like, Oh, that, that profession needs to be, a, has to have a doctorate degree now, or before it was just a master's. I was all forget that. I'm not going to go to school. I'm already older. <laughs> I'm not going to do like six plus years. No, it'd be like nine years or something plus like of, of schooling. I was like, no way. And so I was like, what am I going to do now? So I just kind of continued with my general ed classes trying different things like looking at like doing a ton of research like what am I going to get into should I continue college whatever and I ended up saying okay fine I'll just do nursing I'll become an RN because they're not stuck to one thing you could do different things and also I tried to do a lot of research I tried to talk to different people about like where will it like if I want to be working with psychedelic medicine and mental health what what classes I need to be in that's not going to be forever because like obviously psychology like being a count like a psychologist would be best to get you in there faster but I was like thinking there's got to be another path like something else so I figured nursing because nursing it's always good to have a nurse to check vitals and to be in the room like even as a facilitator like that's probably pretty accepted um in that field when it does become legal and there's like facilities all over that people are doing this but I was like still for nursing I was like oh I don't I don't know. I don't want to. Like, I kind of was like, this is good, but I also wasn't clear about it. And I know how I am. If I'm clear about something, it's very obvious. And like, if it's, if I'm being like wishy-washy going back and forth on something, it's probably actually not right for me. Like at that time, like intuitively, it's like, I know better, but I was forcing myself to still take these classes that I needed to take for prerequisites for nursing. And there's just all this stuff. And it's, it's, it's crazy. Like nursing program is very hard to get into. It's super competitive. And I was just like, I'm still like right at the border of needing a couple more classes. I don't want to take that. I hate the subjects of just so that I could like then try to be competitive with all these other young students. Anyways. So like during that MDMA session, that song came up, right. That, that part chorus line. And (laughs) I I was like, you know what? I think I'm not supposed to be in. Yeah. I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be in regular college. I'm not, I've like worked physically with people for years, like working on people's physical bodies for years. And when I would do like, like I said, cranial sacral work or myofascial release. And I would, and I would like, I was just more fascinated by the stuff that worked on people emotionally, like the mental part, but not enough to be a psychologist and sit with people and counsel them all day long and have several patients come in every day, you know, and just talk, talk and talk to them until they can finally figure something out. Like that seems so boring and terrible and doing yeah. <laughs> so many years of school just to get into that seems ridiculous. And then I was listening to a podcast on um, psychedelics today. It's a really good podcast. They have so many episodes. So I kind of like skip through stuff and try to find something that seems like it's something Which I want to listen to. Which one? I'll check to. it out. And so I listen to the MDMA. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll send it to you. Um, I'll send cool, you the link. Cool. But um, it's just, yeah, this one was about MDMA. And this is what's so amazing was like, there was two doctors on there, a male and a female, and the male, the guy was talking about how he, um, how he was first just in the regular, like a regular doctor kind of thing, like he was doing a lot of studies and things like that. That's kind of doctor he was. Somehow he came across psychedelic medicine, and then he started going towards working with in the mental health field instead of just being like a regular doctor. And so he, him and this lady have been doing research and studies and like still working with, and he works with psychedelic medicine. Um, as well and so but the funny thing was this was just a random i was trying to find an mdma episode i just found it clicked on it and uh he said he grew up as a jehovah's witness 
And he Whoa. said that, yes, like out of nowhere. He's like, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. So, you know, like there's a lot to that for himself because he was talking about his own experience about, he didn't go into depth about that, but he was just saying how the psychedelic stuff I think has helped him and things like that. So I was just like, what? I need to message. I need to email this guy. I need to that's talk with ep- him. You know? That's so cool. I know. So I actually emailed I'm him. talk like, to him too. I know. I emailed him soon after and I was just like, um, through his website and I was like hey I just want to sit down with you and pick your brain I also grew up as a JW like I basically was just like I'll pay you know like I want to have a session with you but I'd pay for it like even if it costs 300 bucks like I just want to sit with him I have a normal like a session that doesn't re- that just requires me picking his brain and trying to like see where I need to go to like where does he think this is leading like in this field what kind of education should I have but basically the MDMA session told me to stick more with the mental health part but I've already done some research ahead of time and there's a um, program that's three years and you don't get licensed or anything like that, but you can call yourself a practitioner. Basically it's called somatic experiencing practitioner. So I think that I was trying to find something that can still be looked at like the education and whatever title you have can still be respected in the psychology with, for, I mean the psychedelics for mental health field. Um, but doesn't take like, but does, there's no psychology degree that comes with it you know because what I found out in that I think it was that episode it might have been something else no it was that one that both of those doctors said that when or especially her she's she's a psychologist I think she said that she when she was going through psychology classes in college she probably had like one or two classes like two or three classes I think she said that was talking about just somatics but it was so little amount and psychedelic medicine when it's looked at medicine is all about somatic releases. So yeah, I mean, you understand as a psychologist, maybe how to counsel and talk with somebody through like their trauma and different things like that. But if you don't really understand the somatic releasing that much, because you were barely trained in it in your six plus years of schooling to be a psychologist, like, so basically the class that I'm taking is only somatic, you know, and you also be a counselor or like, or, um, yeah, something like that. You can counsel, you can sit down with people, you can have your own patients come to you. You can't call yourself a psychologist, but because you're a somatic experiencing practitioner, you basically, it's all your trauma is all about somatics. So you're helping people on a different level than just that normal basic talk therapy that a psychologist offers. You're talking about other things. So I imagine that I could one day when, when MDMA and all these different psycho, uh, psychedelics are are legal and are in facilities like i imagine that they won't be like nope sorry we only take nurses and and uh psychologists or doctors i think that they'd be like realizing how important it is to have a somatic somebody who's working specifically with somatics like a practitioner who's done the done the schooling that can come around and be like oh i understand how what this is all about you know and can talk through two people through it so that's kind of like what i realized is like i think i need to quit school and like quit the nurse like quit my path towards nursing and don't apply for the nursing program when it's time to, and just, and then just go into this other program, you know? So I'm still kind of doing more research on that to see if it really is, is worth it. And it's not until like next Friday that I'm going to be in a, I paid money to be in a, a class that that talks all about like the introduction of it and what the whole like three years includes and all that. So I have to wait to get that knowledge to decide then like, yes, this is the path I want to take or like, Oh no, that's not at all what I was thinking, you know? yeah that's cool though Um, whatever you do decide i'm sure it'll be the right decision you'll know what to do at the when the time is when the time comes up you'll know exactly what to decide honestly i'm thinking that i'm going to be part underground like part legal part illegal like that's my future is like (laughs) well underground work and do some uh, above ground work kind of thing 
Yeah, if it's one of those, like if someone to find you, if they know, they know. And if they don't, then it's best that they don't. But if you know, you yeah. know. Yep, exactly. So that's kind of my plan is like the future, like doing similar stuff, like with, especially with the MDMA, like now that I see how it works and stuff like, you know, and like what my friend's doing is just like providing the MDMA, sitting with you all day long, you know, giving you a little bit of uh, information before being there to listen to what you have to say, encourage you and like give you a different perspective as you tell him like what's going on with you after, you know, like up like a week or so later, like that's kind of, I think that's cool. He's not really doing anything harmful. You know, yeah. he's just going off of like what his own experience with MDMA and his, and he's just like, he just wants to help people. He's not charging anybody to do this, you know? So he's cool. just like having you pay his price that he pays for MDMA. So he's not profiting off of that, but it's his yeah. way of just like helping people. Cause that's what he feels like he wants to do. Like while he's an IT guy, it's a normal job, you know, but on the side, he's just like, oh, I could sit with you and offer you MDMA and help you out and stuff. So that's kind of like, I'm like, dude, that's kind of what i want to do is like that's cool what a that. badass that's sweet. I know, like right? a, a modern day uh a modern day uh, i don't even know a shaman <laughs> just like a shaman of the shadows or something just he helps people yeah. if you know you know and he's helping people mentally just get out of these negative yeah. thought loops so just if you, pull yeah, yourself out of you, traumas and stuff what a badass exactly. i know if you're like excited about this type of work and like and you could see how much it's changed you i could see why you would be like hey i have a good source of mdma like i'll do this like i could take a saturday out and just spend time it's kind of exciting it's like cool to see it's it's fascinating it's cool it's just like to see like the kind of stuff people are having to release sit with them talk with them through it like if they talk through it like it's just like to me that's so fascinating but it'd be also nice to be like really educated well enough that people can really respect you and trust you as well because of having that mm-hmm. education but also just knowing more so you can really really help people you can't really do as much if you kind of education you know yeah. so you can yeah. always learn more books podcasts just research in general oh, yeah. and write it all down like it's all there there's always there's always room to yeah. learn I love listening that's... to audiobooks and different podcasts and just I know. gathering shit. Sometimes I listen to too much where it's almost overwhelming <laughs> or it's yeah. too much info where it's like, I need to listen to, I need to watch some Simpsons or something stupid. Like this I is, know. this is too much. I do the same thing where I'm just like, like all this self-help stuff or like reading other people's experiences or listening to them. But then I'm like, oh, I just need something to watch that's mindless right now. Yeah. For... It's <laughs> too mindless. much. Yeah. Just oh, super mindless. I need to watch some Rick and Morty. Yeah, because it's not like it's bad stuff. It's just that you're like, okay, uh, it's too much overworking my brain, like concentrating and like, yeah, where you're just like time to just watch something that I don't have to think that hard about or or we need to write down notes from or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, recently on, not... sorry, go ahead. I was going to say real quick is like, isn't that what Elon Musk said? He's like, you don't need to go to college. You can learn everything you need to learn online. And it's true. It's like, you can yeah. probably find anything, even to be an engineer or something. You could probably find bits and pieces piece it together yourself with notes and hard studying youtube university yeah i mean there's so much stuff like free but the problem is is our society needs to see needs to see a license they need to see uh letters after your name they need to like to trust you you can't just be like i've been doing this for 20 years i'll be like cool but what what license do you have what education do you have it's like dude it doesn't matter like yeah. yeah, and you'll find those people who will trust you for what you what you have to offer, like that without needing to show you have a license for something, you know, or yeah. whatever. Education it is. education doesn't always mean intelligence. 
Yep, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I was like becoming more intelligent with school. I just felt like I was like using my brain more. I was like, oh, this is good because I did feel like my brain was like I was forgetting a lot or I just wasn't as like not sharp because as, as I was getting older, because I just wasn't using my brain that much. And then finally I got pushed into it with full-time courses in college. And I was like, finally, I'm getting my brain focused and stuff back, you know? Like from when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, so it's real. important. Just keep on learning. Yeah. Don't just smoke your Always. weed. Out. Yeah. Always like, ask oh. questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was always really curious, but I'd be like, let's just, I just want to smoke some weed and veg out and eat garbage and watch TV, like nonsense yeah. stuff. And I was yeah. like, that's just, because, but it's like, what am I doing to myself? I'm like gaining weight. I'm not happy. I'm not using my brain. I'm like killing brain cells with this weed, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, I'm glad that I did start school because even if I'm just like got that 8A degree and that was it, it's like, that's all right. Because it did help me with my brain. It helped me through COVID shutdown when I couldn't work, like to be focused on something, you know, and it's accomplishment to have that degree, even though it's just a stepping stone. But maybe down the road, I will decide to take other classes, like try to get a bachelor's degree. And at least I have that that main stuff set already and I don't have to start all the way from the beginning again, you know? So, so yeah, yeah, good stuff. But yeah, I would definitely like to come on again and on my second, third experiences, if you don't mind. Oh, of course. As I, as I'm going on, on this journey. (laughs) Definitely. Totally. Totally. I'm so down to hear. It's very fascinating. I, same with me. I'm always wanting to learn. And in this case, you're educating me. You're, you're teaching me more as well. I love, mdma and all that but this is from your personal experience and you're Mm -hmm. you're explaining certain aspects that never have came up that i don't that i've never thought about it's a whole different perspective it's awesome and that's the whole point of this i love it and i'm totally down yeah that's why i like what's like talking to other people about whatever life their life experiences or how they see things because i'm just i think growing up as a jw2 it's like you have one perspective and one perspective kind of only you're like they mold everybody to be similar. And so when you're trying to be yourself, like your issues, like you're trying to skateboard, you're, you're trying to be part of a band. And it's like, oh, no, you can't do those things. Like, yeah. That's not good. <laughs> you're you're like, why? That's just you. You're just trying to do the things you're interested in. Like, what's wrong with that? But then when you're when if you're really trying to be a hard JW, well, then you'll be like, OK, fine. I guess I won't be in a band or I guess I'll quit skateboarding, uh, whatever. Stupid. You know, I it's so it. stupid. I know it's so stupid. And so when you grow up as an adult and you're finally out of it, you still have these a lot with you. Similar perspectives, like closed minded perspectives. So talking mm-hmm. to other people about whatever, it's just so interesting. And I sometimes I'm like for a moment, I'm hard on myself because I'm like, dang I'm already like 40 years old and I'm still like thinking like have this perspective as a child so I kind of get mad but I have to remember like no I grew up in a cult like I grew up up brainwashed I grew up to like have to be have like arrested development like that's just the way it is and so I have to tell myself like it's okay that I didn't learn this maybe when I was 30 when I was 30 like I'm 40 now I finally learned it I can move on I could I could do better now and one main thing absolutely insane so crazy right so i one one last thing i'll talk about because it's just so interesting i learned it just now was like i recently so so maybe several maybe five years ago one of a really good friend of mine died suddenly and he was married to this beautiful woman he was a very good looking guy they had a teenage daughter um everybody so many people knew this family just absolutely loved them you know they're witnesses he was an elder for many many years she was a regular pioneer their daughter, like, you know, she, you know, whatever, like, they're just a beautiful young family. And like, but everybody just loved them. They were always having parties at their house. They were good, loving, like fun, loving people. 
people just love to be around them. They even switched to like a Chinese congregation, started learning Chinese. Whoa. They were just doing a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like I would visit once in a while. They had moved into town and stuff. So I'd visit them and and it was just fun times. They're just really cool, eclectic people. And uh, you know, like the the good JWs, the ones that you think like, you know, they're not hard on people, they're not super judgmental, they're like having good parties kind. themselves with alcohol. Normal. Yeah, but not but not overly much of anything either, you know. So anyways, so he died suddenly, he was on a writing because he used to do a lot of riding his bike in the hills and stuff and and he had a, a terrible accident and he ended up dying from it and so oh. um yeah on he, it's not like he crashed in anybody else he just it was just his own thing but anyways so now he left this beautiful wife she like come like that's just gonna be insane to suddenly lose your husband out of nowhere and then the daughter was like 14 like two weeks later she turned 15 or something like that and then anyway so i don't want to go into too much details but flash forward like about a month two months after her dad dies she decides she can get baptized maybe for him to make him happy even though he's not around anymore i don't know why and so she mess gets messed up it's like a year a couple years later she gets disfellowshipped like yeah like 17 or something years later and um and like all my main friends that i have that are that are closer to this family than i was because i moved far away so they still stuck with them for a long time crap like oh she's disfellowship she probably shouldn't have gone there was just all this stuff going on and like and then like she all this money from her debt her husband's death so then she was like traveling the world and just not doing anything like we're and so people were like speaking out to like me i heard it like even me i was even by by this by what i was hearing what i was seeing online is like why is she traveling she just needs to save her money like would her husband be like okay with her spending money if he knew this is what was going on after her, his death? You know, like there was just, I was just being judgmental too, because why? Like yeah. that's what we're used to being like growing up. Yes, like. but here I judgy, am, judgy. Yes, but here I am, like years like out of the, tr- out of it, like, and like, but my friends don't know. Like a lot of these friends don't know that I was because I still want to be friends with them. And I just, I'm far away from them. So I don't see them very often. But when I do, it's, they're not asking questions like, oh, how's your congregation? Oh, this or that. So I just like, I'm glad they don't because then I'd be lying constantly, right? <laughs> but I'm yeah. like, I, I'm, just yeah. trying to keep, I'm just trying to keep my friends. I don't really want them to know that I'm not, that I'm out or whatever, or that I even view it as a cult at this point. But anyways, so, so, it, so yeah, but I still have that like mentality, I realized. So basically recently I was like up in the area visiting. I was like, I really should call that friend, the one who whose husband died, because I haven't seen her for a couple years. Because what happened was, is she met some worldly guy like somewhere, and she started dating him secretly. And then she, right around the time that her daughter got disfellowshipped, she was thinking she was gonna get disfellowshipped because I think she was like sexually active with this guy. And the elders decided not to disfellowship her, but to like reprove her or something, maybe private. And so her daughter over here is getting disfellowshipped, like at seventeen years old. While her mother is like not getting this, basically. But whatever. So, mm. <laughs> so all the friends, everybody was mad at her. Like, I can't believe she's getting married. They try to talk her out of it. They're like, "You're marrying a worldly person. Like, what? Like, I can't believe you're doing this just like two years after your husband died that you've been with since you were like nineteen, eighteen years old." she's only she's like 44 or something like that right now but anyway so she lost all her friends all her friends were like yeah we don't care like about you and like just lost all her friends she's still a witness but she just got like married that. this worldly guy just like that they were all rude right and so i heard all the perspectives of everybody else i didn't call up her i didn't call her up and say 
hey, how's it going? How are you? How's your husband? Like, I'd be cool to meet him someday. I wasn't like that at all. I just avoided it altogether. But then recently I was visiting my friend and I was just like, hey, I'm kind of close to where she lives. Maybe I should visit her. Maybe I should text her. Out of the blue, she texted me, which she hasn't hey. Like over two years. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird because I've been thinking I should talk to her because I was thinking I don't even know if she's a witness because I heard some stories about him and her doing shrooms and like trying to offer it to her daughter and stuff. So I was just like, is she even a witness? I was like, that'd be kind of cool if she's not. I'd like to go visit her and like and hang out with her and see what's going on and stuff. And and also just to talk to her. If she's not a witness, I want to tell her yeah. about like both talk back and forth about not being a witness anymore or whatever. So I was like, hey, yeah, I was thinking about you. I'll come over. So I go up to her area, stay at her house, and I'm talking to her. And she's like, and and I immediately just told her I'm not a witness anymore. Because I think I felt like she probably isn't, even though I didn't know for sure. Yeah. And so, but she she still is. And I was just, but it was so cathartic to like talk openly to somebody that I've known for so long who isn't judging me by what I'm telling her. And she wasn't like, oh my gosh, what? You're not a witness. You always seem like such a good witness. She didn't say any of that kind of stuff to me. She was just like listening to me very neutrally. And I was just like, man, this is nice. Like I wish all yeah, my friends that's how it should be. hear me out. Yeah, I could just hear me out and be like, that's cool. Like, we, you know, we could still hang out. It's that you're doing something, you know, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. Like I mm-hmm. wish it could just be that easily because that would have helped with so much heartbreak for so many people. It's just awful. It definitely and, would. Yeah, and so I got to hear her side of the story, right, which I've never heard before because I only heard it through other people, like, who've talked directly with her and their perspectives on top of that. And I was just like, whoa, like, my mind opened where I was like, I get it now. Like, you should (laughs) never have your own perspective. You need to talk directly to that person because when she was explaining exactly what she was going through after her husband died, her daughter got baptized, her regrets, things like that, and then meeting this guy and, like, what was going through her mind when she met him – I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, like, so why are people judging and, like, like losing, like, saying you're not my friend anymore because you did this without really talking to her about yeah. why, what she was going through? They're letting you know? the watchtower and, think and decide for them. Yeah, and so I just was, like, so glad that I went up there because I learned finally in life, like, you should you should talk directly to people. So if you're if you're talking to a friend and they're talking to you about some friend and their story – don't listen to everything they're saying is like exactly what happened. That's their perspective. Yeah, you're right. I agree. You know? That's exactly so how it like, should be. Just live and let live. Respect others yeah. for being themselves. And don't don't be a little judgy prick. Yeah, and just talk to them. If you are concerned or curious about what they're going through, talk to them. Call them up and be like mm-hmm. neutrally talking to them. Not in a judgmental way or not in a way that you're here to tell them what you think and how they need to live their life like no and that's what was going on is all her family and friends were like you shouldn't do this you're judging her and telling her what she should and should not be doing and so she still no matter what they told her she still went ahead and married this guy and Good. she could decide if she's unhappy or not it doesn't mean like all marriages can it's be her a decision way. yeah and it's her decision mm-hmm. so i was in a way i was kind of upset i'm like dang like i can't believe i'm just kind of finally figuring this out in life to like talk directly to the source instead of having my own judgment or listening to other people's judgments and letting them become my own, you know? (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. That's exactly how it should be. Just from one human to another, no judgment, just acceptance all around. No, not there's this band, one of my favorite bands, stick to your guns. Their quote is, this is a place of acceptance, not a place of repentance. And that's exactly how it should be. And I love that quote and that'll always live on with me. It's kick ass. It's, It's a real good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I even went to like an XJW meetup recently, which was my first time ever. And I and I found them from meetup.com. 
Cool. And so, yeah, there, it was far away where the meetup was, but it was just like so interesting. And I could see why, like, if you're kind of just newly out or have not done any of your, like, gone anywhere on XJW stuff, I could see how you'd show up at a party like this and get together and be like, what? Like, there's just a bunch of disfellowship people here. Like, I still feel <laughs> kind of weird. You know what I mean? Because we're like, oh, what's your story? Like, oh, yeah, I've been disfellowship for eight years or I've faded, like, 10 years ago or whatever and so like if you're still kind of weird about I could see myself coming out of it and being like oh man that person's disfellowship ooh I kind of feel weird now <laughs> even though you are at this whole like <laughs> JW meetup you know you still feel that's that all I am yeah it's funny because there was just like there was just some people that seemed very very uncomfortable and it was like I don't think they've ooh. done enough research and then one yeah. guy had been out for a long time and I was just saying mentioning how I was like man sometimes I still feel like, I still feel triggered when I hear the word Bible or I see Mormons or I see, like, somebody, like, preaching or something, like, out in real life. Not, like, stuff I read online. I'm fine. But when I see yeah. hear stuff, like, a really super Christian, regular Christian person, I just kind of feel triggered a little bit. Like, I want to be like, ew, and roll my eyes, kind of, you know? But it's like, and that guy says to me, like, how, you haven't been out that long then, huh? <laughs> yeah. Even though I've been out, like, four years or whatever, like, it's just, like, I still was so new to, like, a lot of people there. They're like, I've been out for 15-plus years, you know? I'm just like, dang, I guess I am a newbie, even though it's, like, not that new for me. But I guess it still can be. And, like, it's, like, all these years of just brushing away the the brainwashing, like, you know, one for one, maybe, like, one year in, one year out kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'll have to check out one of those meetups and see yeah. me and my wife can go like this is my ex-mormon wife and i like drugs it's really all what i would have to like, say yeah what if it's like ex-cult or something because then you got your mormon people too that could join in like your ex-mormons mm-hmm. um because i think that'd be better to kind of mix it up like not just one you know religion people came from but um I, I, there isn't one in my area which i'm really surprised because i live in a very big like populated area like just like all these little cities all together and so um, I was just like, why isn't there one near me? So I thought after that meetup, I was like, why don't I just start one maybe? Yeah, totally. So I, don't want, I don't want my name up on there because I'm still trying to be like anonymous. Somewhat, yeah, good. You know, just it, some strangers to hit you up and know all your info. Definitely be anonymous. Yeah, just be, yeah, just put my, a different name on there, start my own group and then just do meetups, you know, just go to places to meet up with each other. So that way people can have that chance to talk to other xjw's and see we're not evil people out there you know <laughs> yeah just normal people just like everybody else it's yeah pr- but that's pretty kick-ass but we've yeah. been almost talking for about an hour and a half i think this is a pretty yep. good spot to for sure it. it is awesome i'll upload it at some point i don't think i'll edit anything i'll just add a little intro in the beginning mention it's a part two and throw it yep. up and it was awesome i'm definitely down for a yeah. part three to hear other experiences yeah. that you may have Yep, it'll be another maybe month and a half, I think. Maybe when I'll do it next time again, and then I'll let you know. Sweet. Heck yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you have a wonderful rest of your day. It was awesome talking to you. I really enjoyed it. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, totes. Bye. Bye. All right. You have a good one. Bye. Thanks. You too. Bye.